let's get right down to it. Um, episode 164. Uh, my name is Josh. I am joined as always by Adam. Craig is still out on parental duty. Uh, and we have got Paul from Stateside Seagulls uh, on the show today, coming on to give his view on the game. First of all, Paul, uh, how does it feel to be a man in such demand? Uh, I feel like I've seen your name just about everywhere lately. <laughs> I'm surprised I can even talk anymore. It's It's been crazy, <laughs> but it's it's been good to get the word out, so... Yeah, big time, right? I think I think it's nice to see that people are finally stepping up and taking notice of what is quite a large country <laughs> full, of, yeah. uh, yes. full of full of potential Albion fans, if not full-on Albion fans out there. Um, Absolutely. I know that, that Craig spent his uh, time with Chicago Seagulls watching today, um, and there seems to be more and more popping up everywhere. Adam, have yeah, you got some sure. out there in Jersey? Uh <sighs> Who knows? I mean, there's, there's, there'll probably be a couple in New York, but uh, even though it's very close, I've been to Manhattan about twice in the last two years, I think. But I'm sure there's, there's literally tens of us out here, isn't there? Must be some. <laughs> I think so. I think that there's, there's a growing fan base up there, and especially I know that there are quite a few people around Philly, so I know that there's people in between you. But there you go. Not, I'm, I'm not unfortunately help, just not surrounded in Jersey by itself, United fans. No, yeah, yeah. That's uh, there's too many yeah, too many it. fans of the big. Well, I don't even know what it is anymore. Is it a big four, big six, big eight? I don't know. Big something. Yeah, big, yeah. who knows? Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, there was three changes today from the team that we played uh, at the weekend. Uh, Trossard back in the side. Uh, thank goodness. I was hoping we'd see him. Uh, Basuma back and McAllister back. Um, we had Alana step out, uh, Lamptey step out, and I believe Welbeck was the other one. Um, that dropped off today. Uh, funnily enough, two of those came on off the bench. Um, obviously, I've, I've heard midweek or, you know, whatever that time is that the presser comes in. Um, and Rangnick said that he wants uh, to see more of United's nice face today because they can be a bit too much Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, and that's funnily enough, the most perfect uh <laughs> description of what we watched today in the for, for the team in the blue and white stripes though um what was a pretty good first half went absolutely to tits in the second um let's talk about the first half a little bit first though uh for the most part i thought we did pretty well um there was there was an awful lot of half chances uh, and not a great deal for united there either other than the classic being caught on the break stuff um, but they didn't look hot take that much more dangerous than Watford did at the weekend. <laughs> they weren't. Uh, they were crap. And that's what makes it even more galling uh, with with what happened in the second half. Uh, especially when, I can't, I'm not sure if you just said this, I'm still a little bit in shock of, of the 45 minutes of football that we watched in the second half. But because even Varane pulled out of the game for illness, what an hour beforehand. So you're facing Maguire and Lindelof, which is a mouthwatering prospect for anyone that can half kick a football um, up front. Uh, we started with four at the back. I love to see that. That means we're going to be a, a direct, assertive. As you said, we had we had Mac come back in, um, Trossard come in. You got excited about it, and and this idea that Lamptey could come in in the second half, and then well, just give us a bit of a change of pace, literally and figuratively. Um, but 
it just so happens that um, our entire team conspired to uh, essentially try, try and give the ball to United in, in really opportune positions uh, over and over again. Uh, I think it was it was Webster that was the biggest desert five minutes in. Um, and thankfully, Jaden Sancho's, you know, since he's come back from Germany, he's forgotten how to play football. So that was fine. Um, but there was just how many, and Trossard, I know we talked about, sorry, I'm going on a rant here. And Paul, you definitely come and speak in a second because I'll shut up. Uh, <laughs> we were really thankful for Trossard. This was the worst game Trossard's played in a while. I only played 45 minutes. He was terrible. Every touch, horrible. Every pass, horrible. Um just an annoying way to lose, but we we deserve to lose. You can't make that many mistakes against a side that has any half decent player in it. Like Watford would have beaten us if we made that many mistakes. Yeah, I think that that's really the thing was that the mistakes cost us, and we saw that in the second half. But you know, the first thought in my mind watching that first half was. Are we the home team or with the MX? What's going on? Because Manchester United were trying to not let us score. And we were just dominating possession, dominating the ball. And it just felt like we were the home team at Old Trafford. And again, like we always do, couldn't take advantage. And it came back to bite us in the second half. Mistakes cost us. And, you know, like you said, should have been at least a goal or two up in the first half. We weren't. And we deserved to lose with that second half performance. Yeah, um, that first half, just to finish, to show, but like, it really does need to be spoken about. We dominated them in just about every stat that matters, barring the main one, right? Uh, like Alex said in the chat, 45 minutes of domination undone in 90 seconds. Um, barring that Sancho chance, there really wasn't much going on uh, for United, but there was a fair few chances for, for the Albion. One notable chance was Jakob Moda. Uh, early on, very early on, maybe three minutes in, I think it was, because that was just before Sancho went promptly up the other end and, and also missed from a tight ankle. Um, Adam said it in the chat to me on in WhatsApp uh, that by the law of averages, Moda is going to score eventually. <laughs> um, how much closer can he get than today? Uh, he was unfortunately continuing to play player of the month ahead from January, it seems, um, because he was in phenomenal form again today. And, but De Gea was nowhere in the second half when he clattered it against the bar. What was it? Right, right towards the end, yep. about 15 minutes to go, wasn't it? Um, yep. Hell of a shot. But there, there were three chances that Moda had right in this game where you, where you went, probably could have scored that. There was end of the first half, we had that one where it wasn't, that wasn't his best chance. It was at a tight angle. De Gea saved it. And the better chance was the Basuma one that came 90 seconds after that, if you remember. And Basuma tried to side foot it into the far corner and just put it wide. And you just thought to yourself at that point, God, we have to put one of these away or we could, this could come back to bite us. But then he had that really incredible, powerful header in the second half. And that was the really good De Gea save. And then that shot against the bar. It's just, I think he's, we talked about this in the last episode. De Gea came out and said, but I think maybe someone's put a curse on Matt. I think someone's put a curse on Jakob Moda that he can't score. He's not allowed to score. But Potter's striving and contriving to get him to score. He's playing in that attacking midfielder spot ahead of McAllister. McAllister's playing deeper alongside Gross today. Um, so he sat, he's in these positions to, to, to be able to put one of these away. And it's just unfortunate. It really was. Yeah, it felt like they mentioned it in the broadcast here, but it felt like kind of that Trossard hitting the post 
three times against United. It, it kind of felt like that for Motor today. It's just like wherever he put the ball, even if he got it past the hay, it wasn't going to go in. And, and we are, as you speak, of, uh, you make a good point there is that I feel bad for our listeners in, in the UK right now because you guys didn't have the, well, maybe I don't feel too bad. You didn't get <laughs> to watch the game. Uh, instead had to watch Mbappe's, what, 94th minute winner against Real Madrid if you had access to that. But yeah, it seems like no one in the UK could actually legally watch this game. Um, yeah, good or bad. Yep, everybody was too busy with uh, with PSG and Real Madrid. Um, I saw an awful lot of embarrassing tweets out there from United fans saying that they wouldn't choose to watch United anyway if they could watch PSG and Real Madrid. Um, I guess the I didn't realise kids under ten could tweet. <laughs> I guess I guess I guess the terms of services have become a lot more lax. <laughs> uh, but all that being said, because the first half was was much better for us. Uh, but you know, we nothing nothing really happened from it. Um, the the second half was where everything happened, all the action. Um, Alex in the chat had to listen to Andy Townsend talk about how Brighton can't afford to get complacent, only for Basimas to give the ball thirty ways thirty seconds later for the opening goal, uh, which is perfectly timed, Alex, because that's where we're going next. Um, United came out in that second half. Uh, obviously galvanized uh, to actually decide to press the ball for five minutes. Uh, and it turns out that's all they needed to do was press the five minutes to get that one goal. Um, it was an absolute calamity uh, of errors from the, the entire team for that first five minutes. It looked like nobody had any idea how to keep a ball at their feet and pass it to the person next to them in a blue and white striped shirt. Um, it was really poor stuff all the way up until the goal. Um, and obviously there was there was just a bunch of people that, that were not on great form. Uh, Basuma had a horrible touch that ended up kind of ricocheting out over to Ronaldo. Great finish from from Ronaldo, don't get me wrong. He's not um, a bad player, is he, that guy? Yeah, he's. I guess he's doing something right uh, every, every now and again, um, despite a lot of people on the old social media is thinking he's finished. Um, he's clearly not quite yet. Uh, and... and from then on, it was just uh, about four minutes of just utter disaster, wasn't it? Um, we went 1-0 down, and three minutes later, Lewis Dunk is sent off. Uh, what did you what did you make of the goal? What did you make of the sending off uh, and, and the use of VAR during that as well? Paul, I'll let, you, I'll let you yeah. take this one because I'll Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was just... It was just, again, like everything that went right in the first half couldn't take advantage. And then, you know, it's, it's going to come, but come back to bite us in the butt and it, and it did, um, you know, obviously it just, it just seemed like we weren't on it in the second half. It, it really on it at all in terms of just being sloppy and, and letting passes get up, get away from us. Uh, Basuma really didn't have his best game and it, it showed in that moment, especially where he just gave the ball away. And, you know, if you give Ronaldo a chance, he's probably going to take it. So, you know, obviously, you know, giving United those opportunities to take the lead and, and not have us score. Um, it's, it's just really one of those situations where, you know, of course this is going to happen. It's just, you know, kind of par for the course, I guess. And then, you know, to add insult to injury dunk, you know, I, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, but you know, I don't know if that was necessarily a red card, but you, you can't be given a foul away like that in that position either way, even if it is just the yellow, it, it was just a, a sloppy foul just seemed like everybody kind of lost their heads in that five minutes in that 
turn the game completely around. We had a chance, and you know, it's just, that's just as quickly as it can go away for us. I think you 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 hit the nail on the head with the exact my my thoughts as well on, on that is it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter if VAR wasn't used in the way it should be, which to the letter of the law is, you know, what is it? Clear and obvious error. Probably wasn't a clear and obvious error that it wasn't a red card. Was it? Cause Webster was lurking behind. He wasn't really the last man. So you could argue it too, but look, the point is dunk screwed up. Uh, he was lazy with a touch, got himself in a bad position and said to himself, Oh, call cool out here. I'm taking the man down. I'll take that tactical yellow card. And he got sent off. You, can't, you just can't do that. Don't make the mistake. Um, but it, it was just such a such a comedy of errors um, between the between the goal and and the sending off. Like the Basuma, what is Basuma doing? He, he was hit with like a two three man press and decides he's going to sort of dance out of it. Worst game I've seen from Basuma in a while. Um, it, to his high standards, even outside of that, he wasn't quite the same player as he has been in pretty much all other games that we've seen him in. Um, if you listen to this podcast on the regular, you'll know that we always talk about this sort of adage at this point that we just beat ourselves. Let us beat ourselves. Um, and that's exactly what we did. Put a little bit of pressure on us. Everyone's heads just explode. And then suddenly you just, you don't, you could be crap for 45, you could be crap for 90 minutes. And we'll just make some heinous mistake or a few of them. And then there you go. You can win the game. Go for it. It, I think it does bear talking about this VAR stuff though, doesn't it? Because I don't know about you, but I have noticed a huge drop off on the clear and obvious verbiage going yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, it cannot be coincidental because when it came in, it sounded excellent, right? It sounded, and, and I was talking to one of my friends over here who's a United fan. Uh, and he said during the game that, he think like he he figured that it would be like NFL reviews, and that's how I thought it would be too. That if the video evidence is conclusive that it needs to be changed, whatever the decision is on the field, then we can go ahead and give it. However, if it's not conclusive, then you go with the call on the field as stands, right? Like you don't have them, you don't have to have all this dicking around and conversations and looking at screens. Is there enough in there that you think it should be overturned? And if not, just keep it as the call on the field. If you're given that as a straight red prior to giving it as the yellow, there's probably not enough to overturn the red either because the argument would have been made that uh, Webster maybe won't get in there. The yellow card given, the argument is uh, maybe the, maybe Webster could get there. Do you know what I mean? Like It feels like that it's six or one and a half a dozen or the other and my interpretation of how clear and obvious was going to be implemented two years ago is quite clearly not what they're going for here. It's far more subjective and it's far more prone to pressure from, from outside. Do you get what I mean? Like fans and all this shit going on and how people are seeing it and all that stuff. It seems to be much more on a whim than it is straightforward can it be overturned or not, or back the man on the field? You could, I yeah. Think that, go oh, ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to. No, no, go ahead. Is, is you're, you're right, Josh, in the sense that yeah, I don't, I don't care about how you know what we've talked about today. Don't make us that challenge. We, he deserves to get what he got. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he gets that change in the red card in every other game. If you, if you play that over and over again, which to your point brings it back to. 
well, how are, how are each of these different referees and, and assistant referees interpreting that rule each time? Because I'm not saying it's because United are a big, big club or we'd, if we'd got the same situation against a Watford or whatever it is. Um, I just don't think you see that 10 times out of 10. I think it's a 50, 50, 50. Uh, they'll give that. Yeah, I, I think that the big thing between VAR and how it replay or challenges or whatever it is is instituted in different sports is, you know, for American sports, for example, it's more of a, did the referees on the field get it right? And with VAR, it seems like we're just going to replay the play and we'll, we're just going to referee it and re-referee it. And whatever the result is that we come to is the result that's going to be given. So it's not a check on the referees. It's just re-refereeing the entire game when VAR comes in. And it seems like, and I don't know, maybe there have been opportunities where it's gone the other way, but I can't think of any. Whenever the referee goes over to the to the video board, it's automatically, you it's know, it's going to go. The bad Every yeah. single yeah. time, it's going to go the other way. So I don't even, I, I don't really know what the point of that is other than just for show. But, and it seems like in MLS, I think it's a little bit better. Or, you know, other leagues, I'm sure it's a little bit better. But with the Premier League, it just seems like, you know, they're just completely re-refereeing the game when VAR gets in. It's a lot better, actually. I've I've seen quite a few highlights. Well, I say quite a few dozens of them where they go to the screen and stay with their decision they made on the field. Could that and can happen? All, yeah, across all sorts <laughs> of leagues, across all sorts of them. It's only the Premier League, like you say. It's theatre at this point. You know, as soon as they go to that screen, there has never been one where the referee has backed himself. And if the ref can't back himself in the situations like that, what's do you know what I mean? Like, where what is that all about? Um, and then Alex in the chat again, he says, then you have Maguire steamrolling Broha in the in the penalty area uh, on Saturday, and nothing is given. Again, it's a, it's another one of those total inconsistencies. Um, I've said it once; I've said it a hundred times. If you're going to continue with VAR for me, you need to get rid of referees being the ones in the booth. You need to have total. You just people that aren't refs sitting in there um, because otherwise it's just the the old boys club backing each other and, and pissing around together. Um, you need a total independent body, I think, um, if you're going to be doing that. And Paul, I'm not sure if you're sure you're you're aware or not, but it feels like when they go up to New York uh, in the NFL, it, I don't think they are people who are also on field referees, are they? I don't believe so. I think it's probably people who work in I guess that the official referees office but I don't think it's actually on-field referees but I think that and that's another point is with the NFL they have to explain how they came to the decision they came to on the field to everybody and with with the Premier League nothing they can just you know point and say whatever and nobody knows what the explanation is until maybe after the match if ever um, I know in some other leagues, like the Eredivisie, I know they kind of at least show the VAR in progress. So they like show the booth where the VAR is making the decision. It seems like at least there's some effort to be transparent about what's happening. You can't really hear what's what the conversation is, but at least you know that something's happening. Um, but with, with the Premier League, yeah, it's just kind of a crapshoot. It's like, okay, what are, what are we doing here? 
Yeah, I just 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 have a bunch of chimps in a room with buttons, and they just decide it. <laughs> just flip a coin. Yeah, it's just it's just see what happens. Um. <laughs> the the new chimp order uh, is is taking over. Um, so we had Lewis Dunk sent off. From then on, uh, it was a bit of a shit show. Um, Tarek Lamptey and Alzate come on and the, and the hour mark almost pretty much immediately given the fallout took forever for the actual thing to be done. So it's about one and a half in-game minutes before that substitution takes place. Um, and less than 10 minutes later, Danny Welbeck is on for Mope as well. Um, good subs for me. Some of our more valuable players off, rested as they need to be for a game that matters a lot more at the weekend. And by matters a lot more, I'm not going to pretend that I, we think we're in relegation trouble. I don't. I don't think we're even remotely close to that. But Burnley is a game we can and should be winning if we want to continue to get that best ever finish that we've had, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to away at Old Trafford. So get your Mopes off, get your Trossards off. Even though he was poor today, he's obviously not always that bad. Um, and and protect those players. Um, I don't think it was that, Josh. That I get what you're saying, but I don't think that was the primary purpose of that. Right? Me either. Actually, right. I agree with you, but I was just happy to see those names off for that reason too. Uh, yeah, well, I was I was certainly happy to see Trussard go off, but I, <laughs> you, you take Gross off because he can't chase 10 against 11 with his legs. Um, and I think you'd, you'd bring Warbeck on because he knows better than Mope as to how to lead a line as, as, uh, in, a, in a 10-man formation. Um, but then he squanders your only chance that you have, which is just slight downside. He had what little moment of retribution he could have had there against his old team, but no. Great ball by Lamptey, by the way. The only thing you would say, though, is that Mope isn't scoring that either, right? Because he's just not big enough to be the man on the end of that header. So, No. Uh, again, we go back to who does score these guys. Moda might have hit the post. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Dennis Undav, maybe? Yeah, Undav might have scored yeah. it. Yeah. But, uh, one of the things that was interesting in the latter part of the second half, once those subs were all said and done, because I think I liked the subs because you injected some <coughs> level of pace and the ability to actually counter-attack, right? Um, and condense a little bit more and track players when you're a man down. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Sanchez, though, because I thought in the first half he was impressive. Uh and he made some stunning saves in the second half too. But his distribution in the first half was really, really good. Um, there was actually one that went out, one ball that went out to Trossard. He really could have done a bit better with that. Um, but then he had this classic one per game howler moment too, uh, where he just gave the ball to Ronaldo, didn't he? I think. And yeah. He cuts it across to Bruno Fernandez, and then Sanchez. Oh, I'll save this one. I'll look good. I'll redeem myself a little bit. But I, I'm getting so I'm. I get more ner- the more relaxed Sanchez is, the more nervous I get. He's so relaxed on the ball, even in the first half. What is it? Some of the distribution that that great ball that went out to Trossard was really close to being blocked. Uh, by the forward at the time, like it was a millisecond away from that, just being a horrible little goal. But I, yeah, I just feel like we're, about. I feel like we're probably two games away from him either scoring a goal from all the way back at the at the goal line, <laughs> or him letting the ball roll in on a back pass. Yeah, it's one or the other. I, I can't tell which. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. he. I, some of his passes today, though, and, and even the commentator pointed it out, were outrageous. Um, if, if Trossard had a better first touch, which he usually does, there was two chances, there was two passes there that, that could have changed the game entirely before we went down to 10 men. Um, he continues to be the he continues to be the the giveth and taketh away goalkeeper. Um, you just you never know what you're going to get. Because uh, I thought he pulled off some great saves today as well. The the corner I think it may have been as kept well. Us, or whatever kept us in the game. Mm-hmm. Yep, I thought it was very good. Uh, one more thing on red cards. Uh, Paul, your take on this? Luke Shaw should he have been on the pitch at the end of the game? Not for me. Probably not. But it's Man United, so what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's a great point. Yeah, that's all you need to say about that. I think. Yeah, it was. I'm quite astounded, uh, and I'm I'm also shocked that it took Scott McTominay 24 minutes of kicking people to get a yellow card. Um, it really did get quite ridiculous there. I thought in that last 20 minutes, um, just cynical foul after cynical foul, and there was two bookings for the entire time. Um, I also tweeted. Uh, and and it seems that we have found the Paul Pogba solve solution. Um, he's a problem. He's just not able to perform. Uh, you know, he. I mean, he wasn't even able to play today. Fred and McTominay are keeping him off the starting eleven. Um, but get him on the field for fifteen minutes to go. We're down to ten men, and Paul Pogba looks like a very good player. What what's going on there? He he is just not at it, is he? He's got something just not right with with hey. him at all, and hasn't had it since he came back think about his next move isn't it i think he doesn't fit into ranyet's system at the, where you have to be organized and well you saw what ranyet's system is in the first half bore your opponent to tears um and sit back in a, a strong formation where no one steps out of line and you sit and pogba is sort of the antithesis of that he wants to go and run about and put crazy hollywood passes uh, right out to the wings he just doesn't fit in but yeah it's I guess in some ways, though, I, I like what you were saying, but also Pogba was sort of one of the last people you want to come on when you're sat deep uh, and you bring on who's still one of the best like through ball passes in football onto the pit. And you saw that. He he did that and opened up the defence. I think Webster was... was uh, He pulled out that amazing sliding tackle interception, I think was from a Pogba ball. Um, I do want to quickly bring up Potter's come out and said a couple of things from specifically about the dunk sending off he said it was a yellow to start with when i looked at it back it does not look a clear and obvious error adam webster is on the cover and the ref gave a yellow card live i could have taken it if it was a red card i don't understand why the var is getting involved so quite quite rare though isn't it to hear graham speak out in that way he doesn't he really just says we take it and we learn from it it's quite rare to see him come out and well it in Potter, uh, Potter levels, absolutely scathing. Furious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hair dryer treatment. <laughs> <laughs> I, but that, that, I think that sums up, though, that, that if we could get those 90 seconds back, right, or if you just, it don't, just gets that yellow card. I'm not saying we win that game, but, cool, you fancy us for a point, don't you, after that first half and you, you, you get rid of some of the mistakes early on. You make those substitutions when you're not on the complete back foot with a man down. You, you, I think you get something out of this game. I really do because Man United would, we just gave them the win. I mean, you, you could see why they've been in such poor form. They're, they're bad. <laughs> they're a bad football team. We just gave it to them. 
Yeah, even with that that one goal lead, I feel like they still could have been pegged back, but Dunk being sent off, it just completely yeah. ended the game for us. And you know, yeah, it all kind of fell apart from there. Um, one thing I do just to get onto the players themselves, uh, Tarek Lamptey obviously had a pretty much an immediate impact. They shit their pants a little bit as soon as Tarek came on. Should have been responsible for getting Luke Shaw sent off, but alas, uh, Pascal Gross today. Um, there was a moment in that first half, I believe it was first half, uh, where he showed a burst of pace that actually made my jaw hit the floor. I've never seen him beat a man for pace before, but he did it today. Did you see that? I think it was Maguire. Um, well, there we go. That's why. <laughs> like, if, if you're ever in doubt that Pascal Gross is slow, he is not as slow as Harry Maguire um, because he genuinely beat him for pace today. And... That was just one of those wonderful things that you don't get to see very often. Shooting star-esque that you you don't get to see very commonly across the Albion lifetime. Lampton and Kukure are rubbing off on him, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to to do one quick thing as well because, yeah, Maguire, if there's one player I want to see Gross run against, it's probably Maguire. Potter's been listening to Together BHA live just before he did his press conference. Uh, because his other part of his quote was, as soon as the referee goes to the monitor, it seems it's only going to go one way. So it's, it turns out our fan speculation is, is is shared by one of the smartest minds in football. So there you go. Uh, you heard it here first. Yeah. Unsurprising, though, really. Like, I mean, it's every week. <laughs> there's there's at least one yeah. incident of it, like Paul said earlier. Like, you go to the thing and it's done. Um, Johnny Cantor. Uh, BBC Sussex Sport also reporting that Webster hobbled off. Uh, it looks like it could be a potential groin issue. Um, so we could be looking like we may well be without Webster and Dunk for Burnley. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of burn truthers in absolute tears uh, right now. I've already seen the tweets. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to hear them um, because it's just absurd that people are still so upset by it. Dan good piling on as well. Should have kept burn. <laughs> don't you start i'm gonna block you block <laughs> um <laughs> it does present an interesting opportunity though doesn't it um do we think that shane duffy probably slots straight back into the side uh, against burnley if there's if there's ever a player tailor made to go head to head with veghorst uh it is shane duffy isn't it um it could have been it, I mean, it could shake the shake the earth. Those two coming together at set pieces, just shit housery to the finest degree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I fancy Veghorst for some of those headers, though. Unfortunately, um, but this is what worries me about even if Webster doesn't get injured, right? He's okay for the next game. You're playing potentially Webster Duffy. We've seen that a few times this season. Um, where Byrne wasn't playing directly at centre-back, or we are playing a three at the back, and they looked shaky without the presence of Lewis Dunk's leadership there. That worries me. What worries me even more is if you're playing a Duffy and Veltman centre-back pairing. I know it's against Burnley. I know they're probably the most tepid attack in the entire league. Not even most of that i mean they are there's i can't think of anyone who's norwich maybe but pookie even looks a little bit better still a little bit of a worry a little worry there for me have you uh have you got the chance to see veg yet paul i have not no i 
it's I a honestly, magical it's magical. <laughs> um think if if Burnley had access to uh like a like a development tank, like an incubation tank from Jurassic Park, and they could make their prototypical striker that's just the perfect Burnley striker. <laughs> it is boot bag horse. I can already see it. He's about six foot eight, massive, white, blonde haired, <laughs> and, and, and Eastern European, German, whatever he is, um, and just batters people. Uh, he's just, he's going to be, a, I, I really hope that he does go head to head with Duffy this weekend. I think it could just be superb stuff. I. I definitely. I'm hoping this 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 game that we just played galvanizes the team uh, and doesn't instead make them look inside and go, "Oh God, maybe we're a bit shaky. Are we getting nervous because we're too high up the table? Do we belong here? All that kind of stuff." Because as you say, as we talked about before, you have to come out against Burnley and you have to crush them after this game because the players need to be angry. And and I, I have a feeling that Potter's press conference was going on and what he's saying is designed, and I'm sure he's angry himself, but is designed to get his players angry so they come out aggressive and they don't come out nervous um, after what's happened today. Yeah, you have to take that second half as motivation for what you can do and, and what we have done poorly is behind us instead of confirmation as to this is who we are. We're Brighton. We're due a two, no loss to man United. We don't belong up here. We need to take that and make that our motivation to just thrash Burnley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to finish on the United piece, uh, it's a bit hard to pick one um, just because of the, the oddity that was this game today. Um, but man of the match, anyone that stood out to you all today? Um, yeah. I thought Kukurea was impressive for a lot of the game. Um, I th- we've talked about how he's just a fantastic footballer. For me, I, this could well be a very stupid point, but we've seen Kukurea playing centre back. He reminds me, and this is a weird reference, but he reminds me of Edgar Davids a few years back. He intercepts everything, and then he just just pounds forward with the ball. And I could see him playing as a central defensive midfielder in front of the back four. I almost feel at times he's a little bit wasted on the wing. I know he gets up so far and puts in good crosses, but having him centrally, he just picks off everything. Like Man United passes were like magnetised to Kukurea's feet. And even when he misplaced a pass, he just dives in and gets the ball back. Um Outside of that, you've got Jakob Moder and, and then and, and then I guess Sanchez for me. They, they'd be my top three. Yeah, I think I'd go with Sanchez just for keeping us in the game most of that second half. I mean, we were doing everything we could, even Sanchez included, to make that game even worse for us than it already was. And, you know, he just kept pulling out saves and keeping us at 1-0 for as long as we could. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to add Veltman to the mix because I thought he was very good today for what he was asked to do at that right-back role, especially in that first half. Um, he, I thought he did a really good job. Uh, and I, I don't think he did a great deal wrong for just about anything um, at the other end when everything went wrong. He was probably one of the few <laughs> the few uh, that didn't look calamitous at the back. Um, so he kind of stood out there as well as someone I thought played pretty well um, at 
with the with the odd situation we had going on. Um, onward to Burnley, though. Uh, you know, we are still ninth in the table. That was really just one of our games in hand anyway. So, I mean, I said at the weekend, it is it is almost a free hit in the way that we we're not we're not going down, and and this is just a you know we've never beat beat them at Old Trafford. It was one of those ones where we could just go there and do our best. Uh, unfortunately, we beat ourselves. Uh, Burnley at the weekend, though, bottom of the league, one win all year, all season. Let's just say that, not not year, because uh, they have one win uh, and they have 17 goals scored, only Norwich less. Um, they are still Sean Dyche's side, right? Though Dan Klamatek in the, in the chat said that he could, Sean Dyche can stretch the pound more than any other manager. Um, he's he's not been backed in the market for years now, it feels like, until they bought Corne and, and now Verkhorst. And even that was for like a third of the price that Chris Wood went for. Uh, I don't know where the rest of that money disappeared to. Um, but he's continuing to keep them pretty decent in terms of the goals against compared to most, right? There's, I mean, there's about eight or nine teams worse off than them. Arsenal have, uh, or rather Manchester United conceded more than them. Uh, you know, most of the teams down there have conceded a lot more than them. Leicester, uh, Southampton, Villa, Palace, most of them in table have conceded goals. Feels a bit like a nil-nil all over it, doesn't it? When you remember how that first game went at the very beginning of the year. Um, what do you, what do you think we need to do to put one, two, three past Burnley this weekend? <laughs> Everything that we didn't do today, as in, I, I would love, I, I would love it if four to five of our best players didn't offer the ball up to Man United's forwards over and over again. I think that's what you need to do to beat Burnley. Um, I want Moda has to get a goal for me uh, at some point. We t- you mentioned this earlier. He has to score. Why not this game? But and, and I know Burnley haven't been as bad as maybe they they look like in the table as you said. But they've scored four goals since November. It's February the fifteenth. I know they've had a lot of games postponed, but they're not they're not a free scoring football team, and we know they never have been. So maybe one goal wins this, but go get the goal. Uh, we have to be aggressive. We have to go out and, and really take this game by the scruff of the neck. And and thank Lama to get Mope angry. He's going to get angry with how Burnley play. You know he's going to be furious. Like immediately, minute two. Um he's probably already angry about the fact that Tarko ran him over last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I agree with you, Adam. I think we can't we have to be patient. Obviously we have to take our chances, but we can't just sit around and wait for them to come to us. We have to go out and take it. And, you know, obviously we have to make those chances go into the net and that's something that we've struggled to do before, but this is as good a time as any to put a few balls in the box and just try to score because, you know, we do a lot of passing around the box, trying to create chances, kind of walk it into the net. We just need to go out there and, and, take the goals that we deserve to get. And and if you notice, like even today, uh, and this for me goes back to this, the, the difference that we are, we have between when we play four at the back and when we play the, the, the five at the back system, which is we end up being a lot quicker with our interplay and our movement and the passing and the creation of chances, typically when we're playing with four. Um, when we play with the five, we wait for the overlaps of the wing backs. 
the ball comes back centrally, the ball goes back out wide and we wait for those runners and we get the ball in and, and work the play into the box if you want to think about it like that. Um, if you notice today, a couple of our best opportunities, the best chances that we had. So I'm referencing when Modi got fed that through ball that was the, the product of a sort of a nice little one-two bit of link-up play where he hit it at the keeper. I'm thinking the first time Veltman cross, um, Lamptey crossing the ball into Welbeck. Um, all of these chances happened like that. They were really quick passages of play. I want to see more of that against Burnley because it works much better for me than when we try and slow play because Burnley want us to slow play. They want the ball to go out wide and for us to cross it in for, for what? Mope to try and win a header against Tarkovsky and Ben Mee? No. The one thing I would say about Burnley is that they're the one team lately that, because I, I agree with you, in that that's exactly how they would want us to play. They're happy with us having 80% of the ball all game. They don't care. It's funny though, isn't it? Because I, and this is probably exactly why they are where they are, because you look at them and you go, but they can't hit us on a counter. There's nothing there. They don't have those players on mass that can just blast you. You've got Cornet, right? That's it. That's literally it. And you've got to hope players can keep up with him to be able to do that because not yeah. many can. Uh, and, and you've got to think that Lamptey starts at the weekend because he didn't today. So you're going to have Lamptey on Cornet almost definitely because Cornet generally plays on that left-hand side, which would be going head-to-head with Terry. So yep. you're almost at a stage where Lamptey and, and and Maxwell are going to cut each other out, potentially. And you've got what could possibly be one of the most boring games of football uh, <laughs> that, that could be on offer uh, of a team just dominating the ball. Um, and and with little to no end product, but you're forgetting you're really doing a disservice to 34 year old Aaron Lennon, who's still got a turn of pace in him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it has the, and this is why it's so important that I've got a feeling that Potter probably says something along the lines of get a goal within the first five minutes. And of course, it's easy to say these things, right? But it allows you then to get Burnley to come out of their comfort zone and not just sit back and just try and counter you with their one outlet in, in Cornet. They have to push on, but they're going to, and, and I don't even know. I'm, I know Vekhorst went off injured in, in the last game. Is he even going to be fit? Because if he isn't, we might be facing the old, the old boy, Ashley Barnes might be starting. Yep. I mean, they're seven points off of safety as it stands. Like, and we are, you know, we're, we're over halfway into the season now. Teams around them are picking up points. Norwich look better than they have done all year, which is not saying much, but it is true. Newcastle were picking up points. Their 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 star man, their talisman that they signed at the beginning of the the, the year has already got himself injured. Uh, Trippier looks like he's probably out for a few months at least. He broke his foot. He broke it, didn't he? he looked, it's just, I know it's a bit of a shame for them, and we're not pitying them, but. He looked really good his last few games as well. It's a shame for him more than anyone. Yes. Because yeah. for his World Cup hopes, I'm sure he was hoping to come back and make a massive stamp of authority on the English game. And he had started bloody brilliantly. As, a, as an England fan, I'm gutted. As a as a not a Newcastle fan, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> at the expense of them. Um, only Brighton have had more draws than Burnley. It's got to be, hasn't it? I'm going nil-nil all day. 
it's going to end nil nil. It's going to be a five four thriller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go one nil, Brighton. I think that we're just going to nick a goal. I don't know how. I don't know where, but I just have a feeling Burnley don't really have enough to get a goal against us, and we're just going to we're just going to score a goal at some point. I I hope we score a goal. I'm not going to guarantee it because knowing us, that's not a guarantee. But yeah, one now. Uh, uh, my serious answer is I could I could see this being a little bit more of less of a turgid affair, perhaps as maybe otherwise predicted. Because as you say, Josh, they know that they've got to get points. Their last few games yeah. may be a little bit deceiving to, to the eye, right? They've played Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal. Man United, like that, they've they've had quote unquote tough games where they have to look a little bit more rigid and play for a, you know, one nil victory. Let's say um, they might choose to come out against us with a little bit more fire in their belly, and maybe this becomes a game where um, it's there's a couple of goals apiece in it. But we'll see. I mean, we played them. It was an it was a relatively kind of interesting game. They were our first game of the season, right? If you remember, two one. Yeah, yeah, good comeback as well. Um, and it was something we talked about at the time on on the podcast that it looked like the Albion were showing that growth that they from last season to next, grounding out those tough those tough games, those tough results. Um, anything else to add before we wrap the podcast? Uh, right. Let's just forget this. Chalk this game up to it like a Spurs esque game. Like we'll we, we'll give us this one. Like the the we're still as you said earlier, we're top ten in the Premier League. We can we can have a couple of these games every now and then where everything looks like it's disaster. Let's go out and beat Burnley, and we'll pretend this never happened. Still, only our fifth loss in the Premier League too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a good little tweet just a second ago as well. Um, when Man United won the treble, we finished in seventeenth in the fourth tier, uh, the old school old money division three. Uh, having finished 23rd the two previous seasons, didn't have our own our own ground and played home matches 70 miles away at Gillingham. So I suppose if we have to feel hard done by again, beaten by Manchester United at Old Trafford 20 years later, we'll take it. All right, cool. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week, everybody. Uh, I think Craig is back. Who knows? Um, I'm not sure when his parents go home, so we'll have to tune in and ask him. Uh, whether he's going to be available or not. The curse the is broken anyway. So we we lost when he's not been here, so he can come back now. Yeah, yeah we need him back. Yeah. Uh, three o'clock kickoff for the for those in the UK. Big up for that. Amex and three o'clock. I'm sure you're all very excited as you don't get enough of those anymore. Uh, and for us, it's a nice and easy 10 o'clock kickoff in the morning. So you've got the rest of the day to be happy or very pissed off. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so have a wonderful rest of your week, everybody. Be safe uh, and, and have a good one. Cheers all. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you for having me. Thank you.